up, NBA fans? Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press, episode 43. Uh, I'm joined by Luke. What's up, man? Hey, Nick. It's good to be back, man. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. Good to have you back, man. Um, I'm Nick Smith, your host, as always. Uh, dude, we got some breaking news. Joel Embiid is going to miss two to four weeks to undergo surgery to fix an orbital, orbital, excuse me, fracture in his on his left eye uh, after the collision with Markel Fultz. How concerned are you right now for? Uh, I'm not really terribly concerned for Embiid, but I'm very concerned for the Sixers. What are your thoughts? Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, this is a big loss for the Sixers. I mean, Embiid's their whole identity. He's a great player. He's having a phenomenal season. It's going to hurt him big time. It's going to put more pressure on Ben Simmons. We might see more out of Ben Simmons to be like, okay, this is the true rookie of the year. But it just, it's going to be tough. I mean, Embiid brings so much to that team. I think the joy of basketball, you can just see him having fun out there. I love watching Embiid. He can stretch the floor. He can put, post you up down low. He just so much, though. I mean, it, it stinks. But I don't think it'll hurt the Sixers and by them slipping out of the playoff. Now, seeding-wise, yes, definitely it'll hurt them that way, just trying to think. Right now they sit in, I want to say, like fourth or fifth. Oh, they sit in fourth, fourth, so they would have home court advantage. But I could see them just slipping a little bit. But it's just a big blow. It it stinks with just all these injuries, especially a, a freak accident, like running into your own player who just got back on the court. Maybe they're uh, right. communication and uh, seeing eye-to-eye, eye, or maybe they did see eye-to-eye. Eye. Oh, man. That's, <laughs> that's pretty too soon, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a big blow. What do you think about it, man? Uh, yeah, man, it sucks. We talked about it earlier this week. Um, I mean, I kind of had their ceiling as a second-round team, but I was starting to, like, I was starting to kind of wonder if they could nab that three-seed and if Boston, you know, if Boston wasn't, you know, at peak health, like with, with Kyrie and Smart, maybe they could they could sneak past Boston. I don't think they can beat Toronto. Um, I, I just think Toronto's too experienced, too good. I, I, I thought if they kept the four seed, they could make it to the second round, but that they would lose to Toronto. Um, now, I, I mean, two to four weeks, I mean, if he's out longer than two, then that's going to be for the playoffs. And the playoffs start in two weeks. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm very concerned. I, I, I'm i not too worried about the rest of their season. Um, they have eight games left in the season. They play Hawks, Hornets, Nets, Pistons, Cavs, Mavericks, Hawks again, Bucks. So it's a pretty easy schedule um, to finish out the season. So I think they'll keep the four seed. I don't think they'll jump Cleveland now. Um, especially since they have to play Cleveland in one of these games. Um, and I think Cleveland finishes out the season with two games against the Knicks. So, you know, they should easily win those two. So, you know, I, I still say that their ceiling is probably the second round, but that's only if they get Embiid back. Like, you're not beating Washington if they get John Wall back and you don't have Embiid. I, I just don't see that happening. Um and I feel like they're probably the – I don't know, the Pacers, actually. So, yeah, you're, I don't think you're beating the Pacers. Not without – not if you don't have Embiid, you're not beating the Pacers. Um, so, yeah, I, I am definitely concerned for him. I feel, I feel so bad for Markel Fultz right now, too, because um, he's obviously 
he seems seems like a really nice guy. He's he's obviously had a lot of trouble this season. Um, a lot of pressure was put on him, you know, for the fact that the Sixers gave up so much to get him, and you know he's obviously had a struggle his struggles throughout the whole season, and now this at the worst possible time it just it sucks, man. It obviously it's not his fault, but it, it's it's uh I, he seems like the kind of person who would act like it was his fault. You know what I mean? Like he's like Joel's gonna have to text him and be like, "Bro, it's not your fault. Don't like, you know, don't don't act like it is. Like it's it's it like we'll be all right. No worry. This is it's a marathon, not a sprint." Um, but yeah, what do you, what do you think about uh, as far as their playoff opportunities? Where did you where would you have put their ceiling uh, before this injury? And and you know how does this alter it? Oh no, I mean I definitely with you on. I thought they could have, with a full healthy team and Fultz coming back, you know, that kind of helped them out too, just a little bit more scoring and distributing the ball. I had them getting to the second round. I mean, right now I think it would have gone to the wire with maybe like six games with uh, Indy if they were to play them. I think it would be like that would be the ideal team right now. They wouldn't want the Wizards to to hop up right there and then get John Wall and hopefully be back and try. So I think, yeah, definitely second round, but, Man, yeah, this is uh, it's gonna hurt. I mean, they might be able to limp through it. I mean, if you can get them back right as like two games in, maybe because you do luckily yeah. for the playoffs, you got more days between each game. So maybe sit two, split one and one. You know, wherever you go, just split the first two games and all that, and just hope for the best. But it does definitely, you know, it's gonna be tough right now. I mean, no matter what, Philly couldn't be going into this playoffs thinking they're making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I think just making it to the playoffs was a big win, especially the process is finally over. It's the first time in six years. So I think this is like, no matter what, just them going back to the playoffs was great for Philly and just the whole town and just everything. And be being able to experience it, Simmons too, all that. So even Markel Fultz getting experience. So that's like right now the core three, you know, who they, they dropped that high. I'm with you on yeah. I hope this doesn't mess with Fultz's mindset because not saying that his injury wasn't real, but his injury could have been a lot of mental this year. And this could be yeah. a big time mental block. Like, a, like you know, kind of like J- Jalen Brown, they were saying, like, he got really hurt on that dunk. Is he going to go up for ferocious dunks? Is that going to mess his mind up? Like, can this mess up his mind right now on the floor? Like, am I doing the right thing right now? Am I spaced out properly? Me and him going to, like, I hope that doesn't mess with his mind and he just plays the game of basketball because Marco Fultz is a good player. I saw him play for Washington. I was a Celtics fan. I was cool with us drafting him in the beginning when I heard because I was like, yeah, you know, this will be great. Him and Isaiah Thomas, I don't know what's happening with all, like, at that time when Avery Bradley and all of them were on the team, you know, they're going to be free agents. So I was like, I'll be down with this kid. So I just – it's a lot of mental, I think, with him right now, just his first year, just the whole NBA. I think he'll be fine in the end. You see kind of some flashes in the, the two games or the first game, the second game didn't really do that great. But you see it like you can understand that, man, I hope this doesn't mess with his mind. I think Joel, Joel will definitely text him. I think his sense of humor too will be like, yeah, dude, we're going to get through this. But, yeah, I think definitely if they get to the second round, that'll be good right now if with, with Embiid coming back maybe game three or game four. Yeah, I, I will find it interesting to see what they do with the lineup. Um, like – what would you think about them asking Simmons to play the center position? 
he's seven feet tall. I mean, he's big body. I mean, he could do it. I mean, Magic Johnson did it, like, in his in, in, in his rookie year, no less, and, you know, in the biggest stage. Um, like, that might be what's best for the team uh, at this point. I mean, Fultz, Fultz certainly looks like he can handle his own as far as um, distributing the ball and everything else. Like, maybe that would be something that they should consider um, if they're not going to have Embiid back in time for the playoffs. Like, go ahead and start experimenting with it, you know, just in case you don't get Embiid back. Um, if it doesn't work, you know, no worries. But, like, um, I, I think that could be uh, an interesting um, way for them to kind of still try to keep the most talent out on the floor. Because, um, I mean, you're, you're – I mean, I guess you're, you're – uh, Next best option is Rashawn Holmes, and I, I mean I like Rashawn Holmes. Don't get me wrong. Um, I mean I think he's a very, uh, very good quality backup. Uh, but I, I mean, do you want to play him thirty minutes a game? Uh, it's that's a that's a that's a tough proposition. Um, so you know if you can keep Simmons and Fultz uh, out there together, uh, I think the best way to do that would be to play Simmons at the center position because I don't think that um, I don't think Sarich can do it, and I just don't think he's big enough. And, uh, I mean, you like I said, you just don't want to play Rashawn Holmes that many minutes. What do you think about that? That'd be really interesting, especially, like you said, I mean, Magic Johnson did it his rookie year. I mean, there's a lot of comparison to the game. I think he could do yeah. it. Simmons is definitely very uh, knowledgeable of the game of basketball. He'd run into some tough matchups maybe, but – if you really look at the East, it's not really dominated by centers. I mean, you go against the Pacers, you go against the Miles Turner, but Miles Turner isn't that much bigger than him. Um, right. Is Amir Johnson completely injured? Because, I mean, I know he's on the team, and not saying he's their savior, but, I mean, he did start a couple of games for the Celtics, so he knows that starting well, I don't know if he's injured. I know he should be over Rashad Holmes at least. So that would yeah, be you're right. I could see. So, I mean, he, at yeah, least, I but I still wouldn't, I mean, that's not the best option right now. I think if folks can figure out the game, now start experimenting with a couple of games. Like you said, you got the Hawks twice. I mean, Simmons already bashed on the Hawks already because he knows, you know, that's like <laughs> a practice. So, you know, he's basically going to be like, yeah, hey, I, let me try this out. I just uh, hope we don't go it, out there and, like, try to dominate them tomorrow night. Like, don't, don't like. Somehow don't you guys like, will. Oh, I know. I know we will. Like, we'll go out and we'll just, like, we'll beat them by, like, 20 points. That would be a typical Hawks fashion. Like, you just got lucky with Memphis getting two wins in a row, and we would go out and do that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, that's true. Amir Johnson would have to be, I mean, at least for the veteran leadership. Um, I probably like Rashawn Holmes a little bit more, um, at least from the playing time that he got last year. But, yeah, I mean – at least Amir Johnson has experience. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess he would be your guy. Um, and, you know, he's, he's used to playing some five. Uh, I mean, he kind of, he, he shared a lot of minutes without Horford last year. So, I mean, it's kind of flip a coin as to who's really your five, but he was more of the in the paint guy. So, um, so yeah, I, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see, you know, how long this takes and, and, you know, what all they're going to do to, uh, to try and get by. But, uh, but yeah, let's move on. Uh, we got some Naismith 
Basketball Hall of Famers, uh, Steve Nash, Grant Hill, and Jason Kidd will be inducted this year to the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, just your general thoughts on uh, on these guys and and you know uh, you know them being inducted into the Hall of Fame. All right, I'll I'll talk about these guys, but I got a good one that I'm going to save. That's just man, what is happening? This one person, but uh, I mean. All great. I mean, two definite for sure, like, no-brainers. With Jason Kidd, I mean, he's third all-times, I think, in triple-doubles right now. I mean, way up there in assists. I mean, phenomenal player just all around. Love to see him go out in the Nets jersey. That's what I kind of remember. I mean, yeah, he won the championship with the Mavericks, but, you know, definitely like to see him go on that next. But, so he was a no-brainer. Steve Nash, yeah, is 100%. He's probably the best player from Canada. I mean, you got to think about this. I I, kind of want to bring this one up. How badly do you think Mark Cuban is still kicking himself in the rear end for trading Steve Nash way back in the day because he didn't think him and Dirk would work, and you just trade him for a bag of chips, and that's basically a Hall of Famer, and you could have had him and Dirk the whole time. Yeah, but you, you won a championship, so you're not kicking yourself at all. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. He won it a lot of years later, but I guess it's true in the end he did win the championship. So man, yeah, I, you, I and, just they got, and they made it, like, what, two years after they traded him? They made it, but and they, they got swept? No, that's they didn't get swept. It was, it was like 4-2, I'm pretty four sure. Two, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so, um, but Steve Nash, I mean, Wade, he's Dwayne no Wade was just unstoppable that series. Like, God, oh, Dwayne Wade was shot. so, so good, like, uh, mid two thousands, like oh six, oh seven, oh eight, like whew, God, he was good. Um, yeah, and you know, got the last ounce of Prime Shack out of uh, I, I, they got the last ounce of, of Prime Shack. So uh, yeah, that was that was amazing. Yeah, Steve, but Steve Nash is definitely the best Canadian player of all time. Um, and honestly, I don't think Steve Nash is really regretting it because you know he got two MVPs out of it. You know. So. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. What cracks me up, too, is, like, all, like, a lot of new, like, new people to basketball, like, younger age, they're all like, man, Curry, 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 doing all these crazy passes. All this. Man, Steve Nash way back in the day, back when he yeah. first went to Phoenix and all that, he used to have some of the craziest passes or finishes in the lane line. How did you do that? Mm-hmm. It was a little, like, weird yeah. setback. Man, I used to love watching Steve Nash, especially playing on the video game. Man, him, Grant Hill, Mario Stoudemire, that Phoenix team. Can't believe they couldn't yeah. do it. Weird. Uh, Mario, uh, who is it, that shoots weird. Is it Mario Chalmers that shoots weird? I think they're, man, but that whole team, Steve Nash was, I mean, he was one of the original, like, he could throw some crazy. I mean, him and Jason Kidd, both great passers. So they were just no Don't brainers. white chocolate. Now, Grant, yeah. Now, Grant Hill, here's, okay, he deserves it. Don't get me wrong, but. Not right now. I think he snubbed someone that deserved it way over him, which I still don't understand how this person didn't get into the Hall of Fame. But I mean, Grant Hill had a great, great. I mean, he's definitely a, a, a like a he's a, should be should be here where he is right now. I mean, he's a seven time All Star, five time All NBA. I mean, if he didn't get injured in his prime and run into all these weird injuries that kept on lingering on him, how better would Grant Hill been? It, yes. Like, could he help the teams win the championships when he needed? I mean, 
like I said, that Phoenix team, man, they just got hurt that year to just huge downfall. Yeah, but he and so, man, in, like, in Orlando was yeah. could have been dynamite had they just stayed yeah, healthy. So, yeah, two guys who couldn't stay healthy so, there. So many. Here's my thing is, okay, so Jason Kidd, I, 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 let me ask you who, what jerseys you would think they'd be in. So I think Jason Kidd, Nets. I think Steve Nash, yeah. Phoenix. Grant Hill's yeah. the only one that I got torn between because he played for Detroit all his years, yeah, years. He played for Orlando where he got hurt, but, you know, he, he should have been good and all that. And that was – and then he played for Phoenix at the tail end of the year where he kind of reestablished himself, got a couple more all-stars. Grant Hill's the only one that I'm kind of like, are you Detroit? Which is kind of just because you got drafted, you played six years, and you played six years in – and Phoenix, or is it Phoenix that you definitely reestablished? You weren't hurt anymore. You got away from Orlando and those lingering injuries that you just couldn't do with T-Mac and just – so I just – Grant Hill's the only one that I just don't know what jersey I, like he's wearing. I, I would I would go with Detroit, um, but I, I know what you mean. Like, the I mean, Phoenix was great for him. That was like the resurrection of his career. Um, because it just did not work out in Orlando, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I would still go with Detroit because that was the best version of Grant Hill as an NBA player that we ever got to see. Um, but you know what? I mean, it's, it's the Naismith basketball hall of fame. It's not the NBA hall of fame. So maybe he wants to uh, have his, his, uh, blue devils, uh, Jersey. I mean, that's, that's when he won two championships. Um, so I wouldn't put that past. I, I don't know. I don't know if, if that's an option, um, but I know, like, basketball is, like, kind of the one sport where it's not it, – the Hall of Fame is not just about, you know, your uh, your NBA career, but your career as a whole. So, um, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's an option. Uh, but, yeah, definitely yeah, Phoenix. Definitely him doing Dookie. Yeah, you know, I mean, I would hate it because um, I think Grant Hill is just better than that. <laughs> I could just see him. But I think I think it's Detroit with you. But let me see the other what the other ones. Uh, well, I was gonna say yeah, I, I would definitely go with uh, Phoenix for Steve Nash. That's where he won his MVPs. He played there in, uh, for two different cycles. Um, and for Kid, it's tough. Uh, that one's a little tougher for me because he won the championship with Dallas, and he with also played for Dallas. Uh, yeah, and he played for Dallas like before he played for uh, before he played for Brooklyn. Um, I think he was drafted by Dallas. He played for Phoenix for a little bit, and then he ended up in, or not Brooklyn, New Jersey at the time. Um, play, I, I mean, I just feel like he that was when he was in his prime, when he was on those Nets teams with uh, with uh, Richard Jefferson and uh, who else was on those? Was Kerry Kittles on those teams, or was he retired by them? I can't remember. Um, I can't remember either. Some, I want to say I don't think so. I think Stoyakovich was on the Kings when he was there, but he might have left. He was. That was the Kings team. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but nevertheless, I mean, those Nets teams. They, I mean, they were that what they made it to two. Two. I think they made it to two uh, NBA Finals. They lost to the Lakers and then lost to the Spurs. Um, but I mean, yeah. to make it a back-to-back NBA Finals, like, and Jason Kidd was like. Definitely the best player on that team. Now, that was when Richard Jefferson was still crazy good. Um, but nevertheless, like, yeah, I, I would probably go with the Nets. I mean, I think that makes the most sense as far as 
just for the same reason that I would go with Detroit, because that was the best version of Jason Kidd. So, um, yeah, I, I would go with the Nets. Um, who's the guy that you think should uh, – who got snubbed? Dude, so I'm coming out with it right now, man. I think it's the year of Ray Allen not getting invited to things, man. How? <laughs> How? How did Ray Allen not – this is a for sure yes. Like, okay, you're the all-time threes leader in one category, so that's automatically yeah. So here's my kind of weird theory behind this right now, Nick. So check it. Do you think they didn't retire him because he would retire from Seattle, but Seattle's not an organization right now? You think they didn't retire him right now because they're like, ooh, Seattle's not here. We could possibly be expanding in a couple of years, and he could retire once they come back. Like, how do you not get on the first, like, it should have been the three when I saw the nominees when it came out in December. And I was like, oh, three for sure is Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, Ray Allen. You know, and then you can shoe in maybe Grant Hill, Chauncey Bills, Richard Hamilton, but... What? Steve, Ray Allen just didn't get invited to this? Like, man, he's getting hated there, on. I guess he should never left the Celtics. Is that, is that the deal with it? There's only three a year? There's three, and then um, usually like the player, the non-player kind of thing. I forget who was it this year that got it, but yeah. I think right. it is. Well, no, actually, like a sportscaster or a coach or something. Yeah. Yeah. Man, okay. Because uh, I, know, I know baseball's got, different. Yeah. Like, baseball's like a voting because, uh, I mean, I feel like that's the bigger one when, we, when when you talk, like, Hall of Fame is, like, Cooperstown and baseball and all that. Um, but I know baseball is different. Like, they don't have a set number. You just have to get a set amount of votes, and then whoever makes it makes it, I believe, is how baseball is. I could be wrong about that, though. Um, but, okay, so, yeah, I, I get where you – I get your argument. Um, and, and the only reason that I, I, I will – Ah oh, man, that is so tough. Like I would, I would definitely say Jason Kidd and Steve Nash, or over Ray Allen. Um, but Grant Hill, like, it's it's like that's not happening in my mind. Ray Allen's better well, than Grant Hill. Well, of course Hill. not. I'm you're selfish. He was an injured. No, but <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just saying he was an injured. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a little biased. I mean, dude, he hit some clutch shots. The two different. Uh, NBA champion. I'm going to hold that over Grant Hill. I hate to put that for Grant Hill because he's always one of those players I just was, you know, thought he should get a championship. So he has that. It's just, I think Ray Allen just a better player than Grant. Now, don't get me wrong, Grant Hill doesn't get injured. Now we're talking a whole different game. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think Ray Allen is a better player. I think Ray Allen has a better career. Career, yeah. I think that's fair to say. I mean, Ray Allen single handedly saved LeBron's legacy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, uh, and, and like, even even LeBron fans, like, as much as they, like, I shouldn't say LeBron fans because, I mean, I feel, feel like um, you have to be insane not to be a LeBron fan. But, like, the diehard, you know, uh, LeBron fans, like, even they, like, have to admit it, you know. It's, it's like, when the when – the, people, people use it at, at the wrong time. Like, they try to use it for the, the Jordan-LeBron uh, debate. And it's like, hey, man, John Paxson – he made that clutch shot too, um, or Steve Kerr. Or, you know, there's always you know you always have to rely on your teammates at some point. But, um, but yeah, like I mean, he saved them from from losing that that championship. So yeah, and he has two rings um, as opposed to you know the other guy having none. Um, he holds a, record. So, holds a record. Holds a record. 
for most of history. That all that matters. Record won't record won't stand up, but as of now, he definitely holds it. Um, no, I'm with you, man. I, I like. I, I think for longevity's sake, the fact that he's won two rings, the fact that he's the all-time uh, leader in three-point uh, shots made, like, yeah, I, I agree. I would have pushed uh, Grant Hill. Um, like, I would I would have waited on Grant Hill, and I would have given it to Ray Allen. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, I, I, that's a good one. I didn't even I didn't even know he was up for the nomination. So, um, shout out Ray Allen, Jesus Shuttlesworth. Oh yeah, Jesus Shuttlesworth, man, original. Damn man. right, he's a good actor too. Like he was really oh, good yeah, in that dude. movie. Yeah, he's the best solid. basketball player in the world because he was the best basketball player in the world. <laughs> well, he certainly was instrumental in in the. Uh, both rings that he got. So that's that's undeniably true. Um, but, hey, let's move on. Speaking of Hall of Famers, we'll talk about a future Hall of Famer. Uh, LeBron, he's tied Michael Jordan's consecutive games with double-digit points at 866 games. He also, uh, just a couple games ago, became the oldest player to log 2,000 points, 500 rebounds, and 500 assists in a season. Um, dude, like... How crazy is it that LeBron is still playing at this peak level um, this late in his career? I mean, granted, he started earlier, but the guy has so much mileage on those tires, and he is still playing. He still gets better every single season. It's it's crazy. Like, um, like I, I'm so envious uh, of it because it's like you want your guys to do that, like. You know, so many of um, of my favorite teams like have have just kind of you know you you go into the season and I mean I'm sure you can relate to this with Boston like you know Boston like KG doesn't get hurt like that that's a completely different story um, and LeBron just never gets hurt he's never had a serious injury um, and in fact uh, we'll just go ahead and, and, and tag this one in there too. Uh, Maverick Carter recently said LeBron James spends $1.5 million a year on cryotherapy, hyperbaric chambers, Normatec leg boots. I don't even know what the fuck a Normatec leg boot is, uh, but LeBron does. Uh, personal chefs, trainers, and other things to maintain his body. Um, how impressed with the, are you with LeBron's sustainability, and how crazy is it that, like, he spends $1.5 million on his body to just, you know, every year just to to keep that sort of peak performance. Dude, he's a freak. He's a freak, man. Yeah. I've hated him. I hate him for so long. <laughs> I never wanted to admit he was good. I, he was like the arch emesis for a while, long time, man. At one time in the Celtics, like prime 2008, when like we weren't losing, he dunked on the whole team. And I kid you not. He dumped on the whole team. It's still a huge play in playoffs. I mean, I, I hated this guy, dude. I just always hate him, but he's, he's the best player, man, in the world. I mean, hands down, I understand Jordan and all this, but I got to, I mean, for one person that's never really, I mean, I became a huge fan of him two years ago. He's the best. It's uh, crazy that we get to live during this, to see him. I mean, came straight out of high school. He did he's just such a transcending player. He's he's really good. I mean, you just said 
866 consecutive games of double-digit yeah, points. I mean, he does it with ease. I feel like he could just do it in the first quarter. If he just was seriously like, I'm going to dunk it five times. I could just dunk it five times. I mean, no one's stopping me. You're going to foul me if you can foul me. But he can just drive it on anyone at will. So he can just score. I mean, that's just a crazy – I mean, he's so old right now. I mean, it's, I mean he's not really old, but, I mean, he's, he's old. I mean, he's probably got way years, more yeah. – he's probably got like five more years added on to his knees because of just how many yeah. playoff series he's gone new to the wire. I mean, like with, with Kobe and all them. And then this other one, I mean, 2,000 points, 500 rebounds, 500, 500 assists. I mean, geez, if James Harden wasn't doing James Harden things, LeBron James is 100% the MVP. I mean, no matter what, he could win it every yeah. year, but this is definitely, I mean, he can win this right now. I mean, this is, that's ridiculous. It's, what is he, 34 years old? And he's doing this. He's playing oh, every minute. Thirty-three. I Thirty-three mean, or thirty-four. Really Somewhere I mean. in that range. Yeah. Yeah, but like to play a lot of minutes. It's not like he didn't play every minute last he's year. Every game this uh, season. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't been. Yeah, he hasn't started. It's just it's crazy. And then to get to the Maverick Carter thing, I mean, yeah, if I was LeBron, I'd do the same thing. I mean, I got the spring yeah. body. I mean, I've been knocking on wood every day. It's like you said. I mean, he's never ran into a big injury. I've I've definitely hoped – I mean, you never want to hope that, but, I mean, being a, just a, a huge fan of a rival team, especially I've always felt the Celtics and LeBron were a good rival. I mean, them and the Cavs. So, it's just – I've always hoped for the best. He just never gets hurt. Even when he goes down, you're just like, oh, no, please. Like, is it going to be? And then he just gets up and he just shrugs off. You're like, you, you're a freak – like, a freak human. I mean, him and Tom Brady must be doing the same thing, just – having this weird secret of, like, hey, how can we just stay in it? I don't even know what that boot is, but I bet it's his legs just coming out feeling like they're, like, 18 years old again, just, like, fresh. Yeah. Like, I didn't just play 80, 80-something games of basketball, and my legs are just done. No, like, I'm fine, and I could go play some more basketball. I mean, he's been doing it since he graduated high school. I mean, dude, he's probably one of the most transcending people of our lifetime. I mean, very – very smart man. I hate him, but I think he's the greatest. I just I have to say that. Like I can't, you can't yeah, deny how good he there's is. There's a respect. Like, like you have to, no is. matter whether you love him or hate him, you have to respect him. Um, I kind of, I, I mean, I don't love him. I don't hate him. I, I'm like, I mean, he played for, he played for Miami. Um, I, I never. I never um, dogged him for going to Miami because Cleveland had a garbage team around him the first time he was there, and it was just so obvious. Um, the fact that he drug that team to the finals past the Pistons back in, like, 07, that was a miracle, you know, un- unto itself. Um, now, I did I did root for them so hard that year because I've never been a huge Spurs fan. Um, but, like, I, I, I never liked the Miami Heat, like I just never, never was a huge fan. I rooted for Dallas in '06, um, rooted for Dallas in 2012, uh, but or 2010 rather, uh, or 11. Fuck, I can't remember one of those years. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I mean, you just you have to respect him. Oh, and also interestingly enough, he's not only the oldest person to log 2,000 points, five board, 500 boards, and 500 assists in a season. He was also the youngest to do it. <laughs> like. Like yeah. he's he's remarkable. Like he, he's he's easily the greatest uh, player of his generation. Um, and the thing is, I I still have MJ ahead of him 
and it's not because oh well MJ is six and zero. You know MJ's got six championships. Um, it's it's the how clutch MJ was. Um, like to me, like that's was like one though? of the biggest things. Oh no, he was. Don't let anybody tell you. I know, he but clutch. LeBron is too. LeBron's been on oh, a lot of my spotlights. Like they both have been different. pretty clutch. I mean, LeBron at the beginning of his years, oh dude, he used to love brick all the time, but. Ron's pretty clutch, too. If you really look at it, MJ has those more memorable points that did I just push off of you against the Cleveland Cavaliers or did I just slip off of you against the Jazz? So, I mean, he has more memorable, but LeBron has a lot of clutch points. Like, like they're both really oh, clutch. Dude, I, I still maintain the greatest single quarter of basketball that I have ever seen uh, is, is comes down to two different people. Uh, it's either Clay Thompson sh- shooting uh, or scoring 37 points in a quarter because that shit was just crazy. I was watching that live, and I was watching live uh, LeBron in the fourth quarter against the Detroit Pistons in 2007. Like, that that was the point where I, I was really like, oh, my God, this guy is, is just amazing. Like, he scored, like, 20-something uh, straight points um, for his team to like close out that game, I want to say it was like like twenty seven or some shit. Like he scored uh, all but four points in the fourth quarter, I believe, in like the last twenty seven of them. Like <laughs> it was something ridiculous like that. Um, so like, no, it's, it's not a knock on him. It's just like, uh, I mean, w- when you get down to like the the nitty gritty comparisons, like Jordan. Jordan's a better scorer. Jordan's a better defender. Jordan's the better post post up player. Uh, Jordan uh, better free throw shooter. Um, like m- like more steals per game. Uh, less turnovers. Like you know, then you got LeBron who is bigger, stronger. Um, he's not really a better three point shooter. That one pisses me off. LeBron. Like, LeBron's gotten really good at shooting threes, like, the past two, maybe three seasons. But, like, historically, if you look at his his record over the course of his career, it's not, it's not better. And Jordan got really good at threes in the twilight of his career because he had to. Um, and it's kind of the same way that LeBron James is doing it, only Le- Jordan did it in an era where you didn't absolutely have to. He just constantly evolved his game, which is what LeBron does, too. Um but you know, I mean, LeBron's got his marks. He's he's a better passer. Um, that's undeniably true. Better rebounder because he's bigger, he's stronger. Um, better court vision. Um, they both had huge basketball IQs. Um, so I mean, it just uh, I probably more blocks per game. Um, but I, I doubt it's that much more because Jordan was such a good defender on the perimeter, um, and because everything was like one on one in that era, like. Uh, I, I, I imagine he, he got his fair share of blocks against, you know, uh, other shooting guards. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just think you just look at them player to player and just kind of set aside their legacy. Um, like, legacies aside, I still think Jordan ekes it out. But, I mean, you throw in legacy and it's a no-brainer for me. Um, oh, but, man, man, I really want to debate you on this one. I'm sorry. Like, right, go, I want to go right old school, new school, but – Man, no, like, I'm sorry, like, I trust me, I like Jordan way better. I'm a huge Jordan fan. LeBron's a better player. I mean, you said a couple of things, like, that I'm just like, no, I don't think that free throws, yes, definitely. LeBron's a horrible free throw. Now, inside, 
now a pull-up and all that in a perimeter game, I'll give you that. Now, you said post-up. LeBron yep. can post up anyone. He can push you up down low. And you're not LeBron, fighting. LeBron is LeBron does un- not post up. Droppable. He doesn't do it. He does not. Not anymore, but when he used to. But when he no, I'm saying, but not like a post up pull up. But when he posts you up and he wants to bring you down low, like I've seen LeBron make some centers look dumb. Like you're posting up some big men and you're making them just look stupid. Like LeBron can do every like. And defender, Dude, I mean, yeah, not even Jordan, close but to MJ's post LeBron would destroy. He's no, huge. with dude, with Who MJ runs down would some post of people up. Did you ever see he would, he would Jordan running down a human being like this? No, yeah, he's got slicker hands. But LeBron is gonna murder dude. The defender, yeah, like I, I would give it look like Jordan has more like defending chance. I want to say, but like a player of the year, but playing in a kind of like him or Kim Walker, but. LeBron, LeBron plays any position. LeBron is stopping any position. He's top of point guard. Yeah, LeBron's more everyone, personal. man. That's fine. But like, like, I, I'm just I, saying, like you got to give say it that, the, That's you, undeniable. Yeah, like, but there's just something like, trust me, man. I want Jordan to, to edge, but I have like LeBron's just the best, man. Like he's doing everything now. Shooting threes, no, and and kind of like a pull-up game. I've always said like. LeBron, back in the day, I used to always rag on him. He couldn't make a three unless it was, like, really deep and five feet out. So I used to love him the Celtics would play him and be like, yeah, get him to shoot a close three, or if he's inside the free throw line, he doesn't really have that game. But if he's driving the lane, unstoppable. just no way of stopping him. I mean, he's going to yeah, either no, dunk it on me, post it up, or anything. So, but, I mean, he's changed his game, man. So I just, I don't know, man. Nine, can, I, I'll give Jordan's one six, never lost. But nine consecutive finals in a row. This guy's seven. just been doing it. Don't he get out of yourself. He it's doesn't seven. blink. Jordan, Jordan gets to take some years. I mean, he takes two years off. He also has a short uh, – didn't they have a lockout in his um, – oh, well, uh, LeBron dealt with the lockout. Yeah, but too. LeBron – yeah, LeBron yeah, – uh, actually, no, the lockout was in 99. That was a year after Jordan retired. Yeah, that's um, true. So, uh, but LeBron had a lockout. Um, it wasn't as long as – I the, also the had the whole – Jordan's wizard years against the man. I'm sorry. I have to. I mean, he looked uh, he well, never came hey, back. No, I, I, I can agree with you there. Um, and, you know, like, if, if it, like, that's, that's totally fine that that's your, uh, that, you, that you can hold that against him. I mean, he, he elected to play. Um, but you also, I, I think what's more important if you're comparing them at this point is just like Kobe, like, we saw what happened at the tail end of Kobe's career. Um, LeBron's not at the, the tail end of his career. He's probably still got at least five years left. So, like, if you're going to count that, you need to wait until LeBron gets to the twilight, you know, the last year or two of his career and see how he plays out, you know, the rest of it when he's, you know, trying to chase all the all-time records, but his, his you know, game-by-game uh, skill set isn't you know what it used to be because um, that's inevitable. It happens to everybody. LeBron's just defied um, you know what the human body can do, and he's doing he's prolonging it longer than anybody else has. Um, but no, I mean, I, 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 it's a worthy argument. I just I think I still think if you if you really look at their games, I still think Jordan is the overall better player. I just it. it, it it's just he just is. I mean, he's just he's that guy. Just, he's he's the 
he's the he's the goat. He'll always be the goat. The only way LeBron, uh, well, there will always be people who refuse to see one side or the other. I don't I don't consider me or you those kinds of people. Um, but I think if LeBron wins, say say he wins two more championships or even one more. Um, he can start to be in the conversation because I don't buy into the whole. Well, Jordan went six and zero, like yada yada yada. But for you know what, and for the same reason, it, it, what pisses me off about like the the diehard LeBron people who like refuse to even think that there is a conversation to be had um, is like, uh, well, LeBron never lost in the first round, and it's like, well, you can't you can't use the argument that LeBron never lost in the first round and then turn around and say he made it to seven straight finals. How many of those did he win? So are we really good? Like, you know what I mean? That that argument goes against both sides. So that that's another one that drives me crazy is, you know, the, the 6-0 and argument or the LeBron never lost in the first round argument. Um, what, what are your thoughts on those things? I know. I mean, I thought you were going to say for your argument that Jordan played with three Hall of Famers. I mean, because Jordan did, that's a huge one I always hear. I mean, you get Scottie Pippen, who Scottie Pippen alone, I mean, Jordan not on that team, Scottie Pippen's great. I mean, he would have been a Hall of Famer just no matter what. So, And then yeah, you get Dennis absolutely. Rodman, who I never understood Dennis Rodman. Man, one of the greatest. You do realize hard, Dennis Rodman was three, four years old when he joined that team, though. Yeah, and he was still older. amazing. No, he yeah. was still great. I mean, well, he, he didn't start playing rebound. basketball until he was 22. I didn't think he yeah. made the NBA until he was 25. So, yeah, yeah, that was his prime, unfortunately. <laughs> no, that he wasn't his prime. Was, well, I'm saying, like, yeah, Detroit, well, he's still figuring out basketball. But, you know, you come to the His Bulls, prime was in the early 90s those, in Detroit. Right yeah, after, right all those after championships Isaiah with like Detroit. fell off a cliff. Yeah, but, like, right after Isaiah fell off a cliff, um, that's when, like, his prime hit was, like, 92 – 93, I think his, the only two All-Star games he made were 90 and 92, I believe. So, like, he was, you know, several years removed from making any sort of All-Star accolades. Never made an All-Star game when he was with the Bulls. Um, he was, I mean, he was there. He was, he was a quintessential role player. Um, but for people to act like Dennis Rodman was Chris Bosh is fucking ridiculous. Like, Chris oh, Bosh way better player than Dennis Rodman. No. Dude, do you understand what Dennis Rodman was doing at his size? He was six eight, maybe six nine. Oh, that's remarkable. People he like Carl, like the mailman Malone, who would elbow you a, and put in getting more rebounds. He was a great defender guy was and a great crazy. rebounder. He, yeah, no, that you have no argument for me. He was no, and I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying if you're talking about the better overall player, like. Don't even come at me with Dennis Rodman against Chris Bosh. Like Chris Bosh in his prime was a better overall player than Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman was just the perfect fit for what they needed. Um, they never had um, – uh, both teams are kind of similar in the fact that they never had uh, – LeBron-led teams, um, uh, at least Miami anyway, they neither had an elite point guard and neither had an elite center. Um, which I think is is kind of interesting in those those kind of comparisons too. Um, but, but that was no, LeBron and LeBron and LeBron. Scotty Pippen, hell of a player. Um, and even before you know they had Dennis Rodman, they had Horace Grant. Um, and I will say that like 
um, you know, the as far as the, the championship arguments, um, I will say that I think that Jordan uh, – I think people dismiss the teams that Jordan played like, like they weren't shit, um, which I think is, is a mistake. Those Jazz teams were great. That um, – that uh, Seattle team was was really good. Uh, now the the Lakers were you know very old. They were, that was like that was the last time they made a championship um, in that of that era. Um, and same thing with the Blazers. But the Suns were also really good. Charles Barkley, Dan Marley, Kevin Johnson. Those those were some great teams that Phoenix had. Um, so I I. But I will I will concede this though the reason I bring that up is like Jordan definitely never had to play a team like Golden State, um, but he also didn't have the the talent on his team like the the diverse talent um, that that LeBron had. Um, but that's part of that is just the era. There's more players. They're going to be more talented players on a team. And obviously LeBron had to do it because, uh, you know, everyone was making big threes. But, hey, we got to move on, dude. We got so much more to talk about uh, in about 45 minutes. Um, we'll have a whole show at some point in time when we can, like, have all of our uh, all of our stats and everything, and we'll let, like, Joel judge it or something like that, all right? <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. But I'll, all right, I'll cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally down for that. That'll be fun. Um, all right, moving on. Skip Bayless, the beacon of sports journalism credibility, <laughs> recently said he has a reliable source that says Dwayne Wade and Pat Riley think they'll be able to convince LeBron James to return to Miami this offseason. Uh, you going to buy or sell that? Um, I'm not going to buy it just because Skip Bayless, I mean, who told him that? I don't I'm, Here's where I didn't believe it. Skip Bayless having a reliable source. Who trusts Skip Bayless? <laughs> That's where he lost That's it. where I was just like, this is fake news right here. Skip Bayless has got no reliable source. He probably looked himself in the mirror. It's like, LeBron's going to the heat. But now here's where I got to give it to Skip Bayless. If any team, I don't think LeBron's leaving. I've been telling my friend this all year. This huge Lakers fan in this area. Oh, we put this, bought this house. He's not leaving anywhere. I wouldn't leave. At this time in my career, just stay in Cleveland, dude. Don't get any more ridicule. Just end it out in Cleveland, even if it's going to go down. They're they're doing whatever you say every year. They trade. Just your owner stinks. Just do. Like, I wouldn't leave. But the only team that I think that it would make sense for him and him not get that much ridicule going back to the Heat. Person that could definitely do it. Pat Riley, one of the greatest negotiators to still have it. That's what I'd like to see. But. In the end, I just don't see him really going anywhere. I mean, I know I've heard Houston, Philly, Lakers. I just, I just don't see the reason. The only team that makes sense if you're going to leave to win a championship would be to go to Houston. I don't think he wants to do it to get all this ridicule. I think stay out in Cleveland. You do have some stuff you can work with. You still got to pick. You still got some things you can trade around. So I just think – that he's going to end up staying, but I think, you know, he it, it could come down. I mean, Dwayne Wade and Pat Riley, that's too great. It's his best friend, and Pat Riley's Pat Riley, man. I mean, he already did it once in his prime of his career for LeBron, so what means not to come back? I mean, that 
that to me, you don't get the most hate. Kind of makes sense. And now it's like, okay, those are the two teams he played on in his career when Heat and Cleveland. Which LeBron is better? Which LeBron would you take? Not LeBron shopping around for championships or LeBron going to two young teams that I think in a couple of years have it, but there's just no reason if he's going to leave this team right now to go to those two teams. Yeah, I wouldn't go to L.A. I definitely wouldn't go to L.A. I, um, I, I feel like the verdict is still out on Lonzo. Um, like, I don't think he's had a bad rookie year. I've just not sold on him yet. Um, uh, and, you know, he's he's been banged up a lot this year, too. He's got some some problems with his knees. Um, and uh, and they don't have they don't have a marquee player. Um, they, they just they just don't like Brandon Ingram will be a marquee player. I feel very confident in saying that, but he's not yet. Um, so it, it's essentially like, you know, do, do you want to go? Do you want to go there to to play with Paul George, but then you don't have a center like you, so you don't really have a well constructed roster? Um, I don't know. I, I I'm not a not a fan of of Los Angeles. I do think Philly makes the most sense as far as you do have two uh, two guys on that team who are marquee players in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Embiid's health is obviously concerning. Um, and, you know, uh, how well does LeBron fit with Ben Simmons? Um, you know, LeBron likes guys who can, like, shoot. Um, ben Simmons can't shoot. Um, is LeBron going to completely alter his game to go to Philly? I, it's a lot of big questions. I think Paul George would make a lot more sense for Philadelphia than LeBron James. Um, although LeBron James could be like, yo, Paul George, you know, take a take a play out of my boy uh, Chris Paul's playbook, opt in under the condition they trade you to Philly, and I'm going to come join you. Because <laughs> like, that's possible. They could totally pull that off. They have the cap flexibility to do it. Um, and then you'd be looking at, you know, Simmons, Paul George, uh, LeBron, Saric, and Embiid, and that would just not be fair at all. Um, and, again, I don't want to see that happen. Like, uh, no, I'm with you. I hope he stays put. I don't think there's any chance he goes back to Miami. Um, like, you you got a, you got a top pick coming in, uh, probably going to end up being Trey Young. Uh, it reports are he's already pretty, like, <laughs> tight with Trey Young. He's going to be um, – but that's like I know you laugh, but that's his kind of guy, like a three-point shooter. You know, like that's that's kind of guy that he wants on the team. He's also a good passer. Um, like he can take a year to learn behind George Hill, um, yeah, because George Hill's still got one more year. Well, he's got two years, but the last year is only one million dollars guaranteed. I don't think they'll keep him. Um, but yeah, draft, draft Trey Young or go back to them. They'll draft Trey Young. He'll develop behind George Hill, um, as your backup point guard. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe throughout the season he develops into the starter. That's certainly a, you know, a possibility that is if you get a halfway decent coach who can develop talent. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't see the Miami thing happening at all. It, it, it's funny because I, I thought about it today, thought about how they can make it work. Because, again, I think LeBron would have to opt in and request to be traded to Miami. So what is what is Miami going to offer back that can make it work? Um, if you combine the contracts of Hassan Whiteside and Justice Winslow, that gets you 
like the base minimum amount of cap that you would have to take back in that trade. Um, plus, they do own their 2019 first round pick because of the way they constructed their um, their trade with Phoenix. They sent their 2018 and 2021 first round picks to get Goran Dragic. So you'd be looking at a team with Dwayne Wade, Dion Waiters, uh, uh, LeBron James, Goran Dragic. I'm sorry, would be your who's starting point guard. Uh, James Johnson, and then Kelly Olenek and Bam Adebayo. Of course, that's a they're going to win the East as long as LeBron is still LeBron. But is that going to be Golden State? No. So why go through all that if you're still not going to be Golden State? My biggest thing. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, dude. Stay in Cleveland. Like stay in Cleveland. Uh, you know the Tristan Thompson uh, contract. Um, you know won't won't be. Um, there forever, uh, and neither will the J.R. Smith. You got two more years on on each of those contracts. Maybe you can move them. Um, you got a top pick coming in, George Hill for one more year. Um, I don't know if they'll re-sign Rodney Hood or not. Um, it's it's kind of a up and down thing for me. But I mean, they they have enough pieces on that team to where if he came back, they could tie it together next year. They just haven't had a lot of time to work together this year. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, anything to add on that before we move on? Well, here's here's, here's what I was, I was just laughing at. Okay, I'm not saying Trey Young's bad. I just think they're not going to keep it and they're going to trade it because anyone in this draft right now is not helping LeBron, especially Trey Young. He's going to be a great player, but it's going to be three years until he's really doing something new. Playing against Maybe. a lot of good point guards, you're not really stopping. I don't really see him coming to me. Small I man. Think it could be one Going year. in the NBA I think was. It, I think it, it could be took one year. Steph a couple of years. It took Steph like four years to start to start yeah, coming no, relevant. Like, yeah, no, 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 it's, no. I'm not it, saying that. I mean, they had to develop. I just a think system. you trade um, it no matter what. I think it depends on what like you get for him in the trade. Kimba Walker, I think, dude, I think Kimba would be perfect with LeBron. And I think LeBron sees it too. And, and you could maybe, even if you could trade out Kevin Love or something or just do the pick, like, you can make it happen. But I think Kimba Walker would be good with LeBron. Now I'm trying to think of who else if you want to trade this pick. I mean, you got to go point guard. you got to give him someone. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to draft a point guard, I'd rather trade the pick and get an established point guard because I know I can probably go, like, Maybe I don't see Michael Collin. That'd be the, the contract would never work out money wise. So I don't see that one. But I'm just saying I, I would see them realistically trading it if they're going to draft. Now the only player I could see maybe drafting that could make sense playing with LeBron and helping him out in another year would be if he's not injured and his back's 100 percent is Michael Porter Jr. Just because then it's another big guy who can space the floor and he's got a really good IQ and that would. But other than that, I don't see anyone in this draft helping LeBron out right now getting over the Golden State hump, if that's what you're looking at using this pick for. Yeah, it's just a question of who you trade him for. Kemba Walker's not bad. I mean, the thing is, like, if if I'm trading for Kemba Walker, is a number seven overall pick, like, is that worth Kemba Walker? I think you'd switch. You would do something maybe like uh, you get Charlotte because Charlotte's is still going to be. Are they making the playoffs? No, so you're still going to get a lottery. 
just switching picks and doing some weird contract negotiations to make it work yeah, out. Yeah, I can see that. So you're not giving the straight up seven picks. I'll give you that. Kim I don't Walker think I would that. do that if I was Charlotte at that point, though. That's the reason why trades are so tricky. Like, I'm moving up from 11 to 7, but giving up Kevin Walker or Kimball Walker, like, ugh, I don't know about that. Like, yeah, I don't know either. It's I, just, I just don't see I anyone in this draft. I'm with you. It's a weird it's a weird thing, like, when they got this pick from Boston, I was like, I just, I don't know. Like, it depends on where they land to. That's a big one. That's true. Because if they land at number two or something like that, and you can get, like, a Luka Doncic. You like, know, Luka, ooh, I knew you were going to say it. Now, he would be perfect with LeBron. That would, would be LeBron's be, guy. Like, oh, that man, that would be, be nightmarish. And that's, that would be that would be the one guy who could step in and and contribute to that team immediately. Like already, he's been a professional player for three years. Um, he could totally. I mean, that would be that would be the perfect fit. Um, in fact, I I will guarantee that if they get Luka Doncic somehow, whatever, um, that LeBron would stay at that point because um, you know he's a he's a. Uh, what would you call it? He's an NBA philosopher, a basketball philosopher. He knows the game. Um, and uh, so, yeah, he would, he would see that talent and would be like, all right, like, let's, let's roll it back. We're going we're gonna to put Luka in at that two. He's going to play with George Hill, which is exactly the type of player that Luka should play with, um, like somebody who can kind of play that combo role, um, uh, of you know, spot up shooter and good defender next to him. Um, so, yeah, I agree. It's going to depend a lot on, on where that pick falls. But nevertheless, I like, I do, I really hope that uh, that uh, LeBron stays put. Um, but let's move on. Um, we have a interesting thing that ESPN released. Uh, they listed their thoughts on the most impactful NBA players of all time. Um, I just, did you get a chance to see that list, Luke? Yeah, I did. Uh, Um, I liked it. I mean, I agree with it. Well, I wanted to ask just like a general question. Um, What was the thing that stood out to you most on that list? Like, whether it be, uh, like, somebody who was snubbed or somebody who was way lower than they should be, way higher than they should be, um, you know, what, it, however you want to um, look at it. But what, what stood out to you? Oh, there's a couple. I mean, I like how they gave respect to some of the older uh, people that we might not have watched, but they definitely deserve the respect, like Bill Russell being in the top four. So, I think that Bill one, Chamberlain. another one that was kind Oscar. of crazy is Kobe fell out of the top 10, which in my yeah. mind, it's just like he played in this era where he's stuck between uh, Jordan and LeBron, but Kobe, I mean, he's got to stay in Kobe. You throw a, you throw anything, you shoot a ball across the, the room to a trash can, you're throwing and trying to eat Kobe. You're saying Kobe's name. I mean, how is that not transcending? I mean, I just, that was right. kind of crazy, but I did did like how like they gave they gave respect and honor to like the the players that have been before a lot of our times and not a lot of us might have gotten to see. But I agree completely. I mean it's Jordan's number one and LeBron's number two. I mean there was there's no way around that. So I agreed. I just liked how I feel like 
like in my mind, it was like most of the pack. I was going to say transcended to the game. And I feel like we have two players in our generation that definitely have changed the game. Like LeBron changed the game. The game had to change around LeBron. Now you're getting all these guys that are big. They can play anything and all that. Now we get another player. Now he's still young into this, but I mean, Curry, man, I mean, what he's done to the whole game. I mean, he's made the whole basketball landscape change. Like he's literally made the game change. Now you got these kids shooting these crazy threes and all that. Yep. You have to cover. So that, that's, Awesome. So I feel like it's cool that we get to see yeah. it somewhere. And then I number put 10, I think Kevin Durant number up there. 10 is, it, that's yeah, number that's 10 was too harsh. low for Curry. He needs to be higher that's, than that, for sure. I was thinking top five, but then it was just I, – when I was really looking at the top, like, the people in front of him, but, like, it's – I uh, like, to put him in top five, it was just like I couldn't really – once I kind of understood it and read we'll it, I was this, like – Maybe not top five, but easily, like, above a guy like Oscar Robertson. Like, I, I love Oscar Robertson. He is definitely in my top ten greatest players of all time. He is not in my top ten most influential NBA players of all time. Like, I, most like most of his games aren't even – you can't even go back and watch them. They weren't even live. Like, they weren't even televised. So, like, it, that one – that one to me didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, but like, here's the thing, I that I think is is difficult when you're when you're making a list like this. It's like influential to who? Influential to you and me and most people who watch ESPN, or influential to the game at the time? Like, because if you look at if you're talking about influential to the game at the time, sure. Like, I could I could see Oscar Robinson making that list. I mean. I'm sure that he probably influenced a lot of people. I mean, hell, uh, Charles Barkley still has him as the number two greatest player of all time. Um, you know, I, 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 there's a uh, there's a guy that I talked to on um, uh, one of the sports pages I follow who's like an older guy and used to, like, lives in Cincinnati and used to watch him back when he played for the Cincinnati Royals and just swears he is the greatest player to ever play the game. Like, like so, like... You know, I I get it on that level, but like as far as for people like us, it's like <sighs> influential. Um, but no, I'm with you. I, I think I think Michael's number one. Um, LeBron's number two. I think that's kind of almost a one A and one B. Because um, I get the thing with Michael is like the branding and everything, but LeBron is like the dude who's like empowered players. Um, to to a, a point that you know Jordan never never was able to to achieve. I mean, obviously he was always comfortable in Chicago, but like the way that that LeBron has been able to empower other players to make their own decisions and not be boxed in by organizations has been um, something of, of huge significance. And also just his his willingness to speak out on. Um, polarizing issues, um, which is something like Jordan never really wanted to do. Um, so I, I think there's an argument to be made. Uh, I, I would say this. I think there's a better argument to be made that LeBron James is more influential than he is greater than MJ. <laughs> oh, now I'm on the counter one. <laughs> now we're having a counter argument. We got to write these down. Now we're disagreeing on this one, but no, I, I got another one that was really surprising too, which I kind of feel like just because he wasn't a big talker and all that, but T. 
Tim Duncan getting 24? Like, what? Yeah. Tim Duncan. You know like, I understand, me, like, you, you, you don't see a big voice, but that's Mr. Fundamentals, man. They didn't yeah. take away the way the bank shot and make it look dumb. Like, no one want a bank shot anymore. Tim Duncan's way up there. I mean, the guy never missed a playoff. I mean, ch- champion. I mean, he should be way higher than 24. Yeah, like, I'm looking yeah, at the list right champion. now. I'm like, yeah, oh, like, no, you know the one the that stood out the most to me? The one that stood out the most to me, bar none, the Steph Curry at 10 was, was, um, was definitely, like, a little, like, wow, like, this guy has – totally revolutionized the way the game is played um, or been like the biggest instrument in doing that. Um, but no, Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal at number 17. Uh, what do you call it, Luke, when uh, somebody fouls a guy intentionally so they have to shoot free throws? The hack shack man. The hack exactly. Exactly. Like there is a term to forever define the only way that the whole league could try to stop Shaq. It is called Hack-A-Shack, and everybody knows it. It's a Hack-A-Shack, a Hack-A-DeAndre, a Hack-A-Howard, whoever the player is, it still it came out of Shaquille O'Neal because nobody could stop him. He was a movie star. Uh, not, a, not a great movie star, but he starred in movies, uh, nevertheless. Um, he he had like rap albums. Like his cultural significance is huge, and and his play on the court. Like everybody was trying to figure out how to stop Shaquille O'Neal for the better part of a decade, and no one could do it. Um, and I I think it's a joke that he is 17. Like he should easily be in the top 10, easily. Um, same thing like with Steph. Like I think, I think if I had to put together a top five, I like I get it that like, you know, you like like kind of older guys, you know, those those kind of um, pioneers of the league being up there. Um, but I honestly, I think, I think I would I would have to make it like I'd switch to Will. I don't think Will needs to be up there. Yeah, like, I mean, because Will was just, like, so much better than everybody else um, except for Bill Russell. <laughs> and, um, like, yeah, I don't I don't know that the necessarily the impact. Say, I, I mean, I Bill, Russell, Bill... Bill Russell, he had the societal impact, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like being outspoken um, on, on, you know, Jim Crow and things of that nature. Um, so I get that. Uh, but I kind of agree with Will Chamberlain. Um but uh, but yeah no I mean I I, I it, it's tough it's like what do you value more but I definitely think Shaq should be in the top ten um, I would agree with Bill Russell I think Wilt could slide down some um, but there's there's several guys above like Hakeem Olajuwon above Shaq like no Kevin Garnett above Shaq no like Charles Barkley above Shaq no <laughs> like none of those guys deserve to be above Shaq. Um, as far as like influential, like it's just uh, no, not at all. Allen Iverson, what? Not no. Hold on, Allen Iverson could definitely be above because Allen Iverson was Steph Curry before Steph Curry was Steph Curry. Like he was the guy who was like the the every man's uh, ball player, like just like six foot nothing, and like <laughs> was just you know that that. 
Allen Iverson was absolutely my favorite NBA player when I was a kid, and part of that was because he was the best pound-for-pound player, meaning he was so good and yet, like, so, like, regular as far as his build. Um, But anyway, uh, we got to move on. We got about 20 minutes left. Uh, I do want to talk about a couple more things. Carl Anthony Towns shot 56 points last night against uh, my Hawks. He has 15 boards to boot. Uh, that's the third highest scoring game for a player this season behind James Harden's 60 and LeBron's 57. Um, uh, you, you you still think the uh, the T-Wolves are going to miss the playoffs, or you think uh, maybe Towns can carry them and, and get them there? Oh, no, he's carrying them again, man, unfortunately. But <laughs> I'm sorry, man, a lot of you Don't team, say unfortunately, dude. man. I, I need that pick. <laughs> No, no, no. They're going to make the playoffs, but you're going to get that pick. If they don't make the playoffs, you saying. don't get the pick. No, yeah, I know. No, they're making the playoffs. no, I was saying, yeah. I was glad that I was saying, unfortunately for you, like being the, a Hawks fan and seeing that franchise record, I just think it's too funny, man. I mean, you have to see the video if you haven't seen it. The Ben Simmons playing Bungie, talking oh, to no, Carl Anthony it. Towns, and he's yeah, like, man, where are you going? Why don't you play on this game with me? And he's like, man, I got a game tomorrow. He's like, who you playing? He's like the Hawks. He's like, man, you don't got to worry about that. So yeah. he does no, this. And then it, he, Simmons tweeted out to him today. And he said, man, I told you you didn't got to worry. That's just too funny to me, man. That's just hilarious. <laughs> that they just said that. He, tra- like, dude, he's dogging. He's dogging out there, boy. I mean, Carly Towns is good. That's why it's like stinks because, like, him and Jimmy Butler are good. And then, like, you see this kid, like, Andrew Wiggins, like, man, you guys can be so good. They're young. And then you're just like, Man, Andrew Wiggins, never mind. What the heck are you doing? Where are you? I don't know, man. I just don't know. So, but I think that he will somehow limp them in there. There's only a couple games back. I don't see them sliding down. I mean, it is very close to, in the West. So, but I don't see them slipping to where are they right now? They are. They're in seventh. Um, yeah. And, the, ooh, the, ooh, oh man! I didn't know they're in seventh. Yeah, no, I mean, I just don't see. I don't, I don't see like the Clippers have a relatively they, like they have a pretty. I would tough lose if I was the Clippers. Me. I would want to lose if I was the Clippers. I played this year that we yeah. played like Clippers. We weren't really going for the playoffs. I want two picks in the lottery that I can possibly take that Detroit and Clippers pick and be like, I want to move up to seven. And here we go, and I want to get this player. Or I want to draft two people in this lottery that this draft is supposed to be better than the last year's draft, which is kind of intriguing yeah, because the last since, year's draft just looks so good. Yeah, especially since, like, Colin Sexton is, as you know, there's there's no team out there that he, like, really fits with that, like, would be drafting before the Clippers. Um, like, I could, I could certainly see the Knicks taking him. Um, but if the Knicks don't take him, I, I think he'll be available there. Um, so, you know, like getting Colin Sexton at like 12 is a fucking steal. <laughs> I mean, that's that's great. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you there. But, um, you know, they're, they're, I, I, I can't blame them for going out there and competing there. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, uh, I, I, they have a, have a pretty tough schedule. So does Denver. Um, in fact, Minnesota plays Denver twice to care, uh, um, in the next two weeks to close out the season. 
Um, so those will be really interesting games to watch. I hope uh, they're on NBA TV or something because um, those will be really fun to watch. Um, yeah, I think I think Towns will limp them into the playoffs. Um, dude, the stud. Um, it's ridiculous that he's third on field goal attempts on that team. Uh, you know who's number one? <laughs> the guy who complained about being the third option. Yeah. Yeah, he's number one in field goal attempts on that fucking team. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I guess maybe he's just not getting the shots that he wants. Uh, I still, yeah, I, I agree with you. I I say trade him. Like find whatever you find something that works. That's a, a reasonable trade for two different teams and 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 conduct it. You're not you, you may not get the best player back in the deal, but maybe you get a draft pick or maybe you get a young player who could develop into um somebody who's who's quintessential to your team's success. Um so yeah, I'm I'm all about that. Uh Kimball Walker became the all-time leading scorer in Hornets franchise history and was very emotional after the game. Like he couldn't even talk for like 2 minutes like he was just he was like bawling and shit. Um this guy obviously loves this team. And yet he made it very clear earlier this week that he's tired of missing the playoffs and really, really wants to compete, uh and wants to play on a, a playoff capable team. Um what are, what are your thoughts on Kimba Walker being the leading scorer in Hornets history. Actually, took the uh, took the title from uh, Del Curry, Steph Curry. Del Curry. Yeah, man. Uh, and um, what are your thoughts on that? And and you know, do you think it's a foregone conclusion that he will not be a member of this team next year? Um, I thought it was great for Kimba. I've been a huge fan of him ever since he left college. I thought he could win. I saw him play at UConn that final year. He won every tournament. I was like, this guy just has what it takes. He just knows how to win. I just thought it was great for him. Like, has he even made the playoffs with Charlotte and maybe one or two times? I mean, I think he deserves – I mean, he's done so much for the team. When I I thought it was crazy, Del Curry I didn't think would be the – when I thought of Charlotte, you know, I think of some other players in my mind that are good, but I guess they didn't play that long, but – I just yeah, I understand why right? it's so emotional. He's giving like, a like lot Lynn to the Wright city. And um yeah. uh um what's the what's the dude from UNLV who played there? Uh Larry um Larry Johnson? Jamal uh, I'm sorry, what was it? Larry Johnson? Yes, Larry Johnson and Jamal Mashburn. Yeah. Like all those guys. Yeah. Like I would have thought one of those guys would have been it, but no, it was Del Curry. I thought that was a little crazy, but I thought it was good. I mean, I understood. He's, I mean, dude, he loves the city, but he's just like, what else can he do? You're not really doing the right picks. Like, I think they should work with him to trade him. I mean, no matter what Charlotte does love, he's going to probably, if he, if he were to retire, he's getting, if he's getting retired by Charlotte. So, Charlotte should love. I just think out of respect sakes, you make a trade happen for him, and you put him on a team that can compete with them. You don't put him in a shitty situation like a Phoenix like a team that could make a trade and get you better in the long run, I think you should show them the respect. And I'm telling you, man, I'm standing by it. You should go to Minnesota. Like, if not to LeBron, I think he'd be great with Minnesota. So I'm going to stand by that one. I mean, that'd be so good. Kimba, Butler, and Carl Anthony Towns, whew, would not want to play that team. But I yeah. just, 
I think it's it's due time. It was like Kevin Love with Minnesota. It's like, what else can I do for your franchise? I'm killing it. I've, I've set the record this one year for having the most double-doubles like like ever. Like, help me out. We've never made the playoffs. Just trade me. And then they got Andrew yeah. Wiggins. And now look at Minnesota, what position they're in. Like, I think Charlotte, MJ makes some of the worst decisions ever. So I think Charlotte should just make one good decision and trade him. And they're already going to have a top pick. Just trade him and just start building. Just start rebuilding. Try to get yeah. some of these horrible coaches' contracts off. Well, yeah, and, and it's funny you mention that because when you you know you you originally brought up the uh, the Timberwolves fit, um, and I I actually think I, like I wouldn't want to take Batum, but like if you could get Kimba, Jeremy Lamb. Uh, Michael K. Gilchrist and Marvin Williams in exchange for Jeff Teague and uh, Andrew Wiggins, that's not bad. I mean, first of all, Tim Walker is better than Andrew Wiggins. Now, granted, you're going to have to pay him next season, but you already paid Andrew Wiggins. So, you know, like, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's not the worst-case scenario. Like, you know, even if, even if you had to pay him a max contract, which I don't, feel like you would have to do for Kimba. Um, I feel like you would have to pay him a hefty contract. I don't think you would have to pay him a max contract. Um, but it would be it would be comparable to what you're already committed to for Andrew Wiggins. Maybe probably, probably be a little bit more. Um, but like the depth that you would be getting though, um, I mean you you upgrade at point guard. Uh, I I would start Jeremy Lamb. I would I would run with because he can shoot threes. Uh, I would run with Timba, Lamb, Butler at the three, uh, Gibson, and Towns, and then have a bench of Tyus Jones, uh, Jamal Crawford, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, uh, Marvin Williams, and Gorgeous Jane. Like, maybe if they had that much depth, Tom Thibodeau wouldn't run that team into the fucking ground playing everybody 40 minutes a game. Like, I, I don't know. I think that could be a good move. Um, and, and Kemba Walker would definitely be, like, as of right now, the best player in that equation. Um, I think Andrew Wiggins would be a worthy um, get for a team like Charlotte, who, you know, obviously Jordan said he wants to get, you know, another uh, all-star caliber player. Um, Andrew Wiggins could be that. He's got all the tools to be it. So um, yeah, I just don't want to take Nick Batum. <laughs> I'll take I'll take your, you know, three lesser bad contracts um, because they give me depth. Uh, but I'm not I'm not taking Nick Batum. I'm just not doing. Oh, Nick Batum's had a bounce back year, man. He's very versatile. He can space the floor. I feel like Jeremy Lamb and Michael Griffith are horrible. Jeremy Lamb is not horrible. Jamie Lamb is horrible, man. He's been he's been on a lot no, of teams. He's, he's on the Celtics, man. He's 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 at best a sometimes a role player every sixth night. Like he's not he's not helping you. I wouldn't put him as a starter either. If I was, I don't even know. I mean, Marvin Williams, I gotta get you, but like I just think Nicholas Fatuni, he got some injuries, but he's actually had a decent year this year. He can get triple double. No, he's a good player. He understands the game he's more. Not worth twenty five million dollars. No, he's not worth twenty five million dollars. I'll give you that one hundred percent. But you're already getting some bad contracts with the Marvin Williams and all those other. I'm just saying, that's why I like Nicholas Batum because I think he could come in that starting lineup with with Walker, Batum, 
Carl Anthony Towns, Butler, and Todd Gibson, and that's a decent, but you're not having as much depth as your trade, so I'll give you that, but it's just like, I don't know, I just think Nicholas Batoon is a better player than Lamb and, and what's his face, uh, Lamb and Mike Kid Gilchrist, and that's what you would need yeah, at that Kid point. Gilchrist, like, he's position. really falling off. I don't man. understand Kid Gilchrist, man. I just don't. And I'm a Kentucky shoot. fan, man. He, yeah, not he can't shoot, and he like he, he can defend a little bit, but he's not like an elite defender. Yeah, he is. He's a bench player, man. It sucks that they invested that much into him because, like, he's they have so many like just decent players on on slightly higher than what they should be paid contracts. See, but Jeremy Lamb's the only one who's not that because he's seven million. Uh, and he's expiring, so like I, th- that's another reason why I, w- I would want to try to get Jeremy Lamb in that deal because a he's expiring, he's only seven million dollars. Even if you use him as like a bench player, like even if you if you wanted to, you know, uh, start Butler at the two and then use him as a backup, like fine, like you know whatever. Um, but uh, but yeah, like at, I don't know. I I agree with you. I think. I'm very uh, enamored and impressed, and and you know happy for Kimba Walker, um, but yeah, he's he's got to be, you got to, they got to move him, just like you said, just like Kevin Love, they got to move him. Um, real quick, uh, before we get out of here, Isaiah Thomas going to have season-ending surgery on that calf. I think what it's a, his hip. It's his hip. Oh uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hip. Uh, but what a situation for it. Um, I, I really, I feel so bad for the guy. I mean, his pocketbook just took a hit like no other. Um, what are your thoughts on him getting? Uh, you know his his surgery and you know I know we talked about it a little earlier this season but you know what do you think uh, you know where do you, where do you think uh, Isaiah Thomas ends up next season man I feel so bad for Isaiah man especially dude he gave so much himself he is such a good player too it's so bad that we like the medical staff botched that injury so bad it's like Kawhi Leonard like, you just lost the whole season for these guys for botching a thing. Just put him in surgery like he should have. Now he's finally getting the surgery. I feel so bad on a contract year where he wanted to get this max money where he thought he would. I think he maybe not been a max player, but definitely in, like, the 22, 24. I guess that is max money. Like, the 20, like the 20 to 24 million range and all that like he's a great like not great but but he's really good like he can help out a lot of teams he just knows how to do it I mean did it for three years with the Celtics and really like changed their team like like getting the like the Celtics over the humps and all that I mean they're supposed to be in a rebuild so that was a big deal I just I think he deserves so much and it just sucks and now it's like it just sucks even more being the Celtics fan that like it's almost like we boned him over for how much he gave us, like, especially playing after his sister died and all that, yeah. and having these crazy playoff games and all that, and he literally gave every ounce that he could have for us, and then finally his body couldn't take it, and 
just all this. It just really stinks. I really hope for the best for him. I mean, I think he deserves to go to a team. I don't know what he's going to get. I mean, I I always thought you and uh, I want to say Jawan were never really high on him getting paid. I think you guys had him like 10 to 12 at most. I think he deserves it. He showed flashes of it, which that was good that he got those with the Lakers game because now he can be like, hey, I got the proper health. You saw that it can still play and all that. Now that I got this surgery, let me try out for your team and all that and show. I think there's some teams that might take a swing on Isaiah and give him a little bit of money, somewhere in between, like, 19 at best. But he's not getting the big contract. Yeah, and I know he's, he's like Lou Williams. He just wants to stay put, man. He just wants to sit and have a home and have a place that's like, hey, we're not going to trade you you gonna be here for four years. I'm gonna try this with you. Yeah, no, I mean, and he certainly deserves that. I, uh, man, I, I feel so bad for the guy because I don't think he was ever gonna get max money, but he was, he was set to get paid in Boston, and this, this kind of always happens when, uh, you know, a team trades a player like that. You know, like, it's just kind of like how we were talking about Kemba, and I was like, I don't think Kemba will get max money, but, well, if he was in Charlotte, he would get max money. Um, But, you know, if you get traded... If he was in Memphis, too. uh, Yeah, like, I'm just making fun of the Conley Conley thing. Yeah, yeah, no, but I'm saying, like, Mike Conley, like, it's a perfect example. Like, he's not going to get max money if he gets traded the year before, and then, you know, uh, it's just not going to happen. Um... But, like, there's no way he's getting $19 million contract unless it's a one-year deal with, you know, a particular team. Um, no, I mean, I I want to say the Magic make a lot of sense depending on their circumstances with, you know, what they what they do in the offseason. Um, obviously, they have to re-sign Aaron Gordon, um, but they need a point guard. Um, the the Suns could make some sense, um, you know, just to, you know, kind of get a veteran in there. Um, but I think anything he signs is going to be a one-year deal. I don't think any of these teams are going to be interested in signing him, like, super long-term. Because I don't think any team out there sees him as a long-term um, viable uh, asset to their franchise. Which is it sucks, man. Like it's it's it, it, his contract situation was such that uh, this injury happened and he's you know going to be 30 years old uh, and he just has not proved that he could be even like really half of the player he was like borderline anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I, I man, I feel terrible for the guy. I. I hope he at least gets a huge one-year contract. Um, but there's not a lot of teams out there with cap space, and there are not a lot of teams out there uh, that need point guards. And so the Venn diagram of those two things is hardly overlapping. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I uh, I hope he uh, – I, I got I one team, though. Oh, Who? I was thinking, I mean, I don't know if they had the money, but if they, I mean, you're not going to get a spectacular deal and maybe figure out things later if he signs for a deal. I think the Indiana Pacers would be really interesting with Isaiah Thomas because you need a little bit of scoring. 
and all that. So now you have Isaiah and Victor Oladipo. And Oladipo is going to make up 100%. It's going to be like when he played with Avery Bradley. Oladipo might be yeah. right now slightly just about running to some injuries, a better defender right now. And you have a Miles Turner behind you who's a defensive center and all that. So I think the Indiana Pacers make a lot of sense for him. And I don't know if they have money. Jerry Carlson would be a good come off the bench kind of guy too. So if, at first Isaiah can't handle a ton of minutes, but I think they're a team. I just don't know if they're money situation. I know they're not capped out and like hurting, but no, I think Indiana Pacers would be not. smart if they. The Pacers would be a good fit, and they do have some cap space. They have uh, several different contracts that are uh, um, uh, team options next year. Um, I think Darren Collison, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, are both team options. Uh, I believe. Uh, I want to say uh, Lance Stevenson is as well. So that's like $25 million right there. And they're, you know, uh, I feel like they have in general, like about maybe $10 million in cap space to begin with. So like, that's possible. That's certainly a possibility. Not to mention Corey Joseph has a player option. Who knows if he'll accept it. Uh, I think, I think that's about 7 million. So no, I, I, I like that a lot. In fact, I proposed uh, a trade uh, of Isaiah Thomas, to the Indiana Pacers earlier in the season when he was with Cleveland. It was a three-team trade. Um, so, yeah, no, I actually think that would probably be the best fit. Pairing him up with Victor Oladipo would be solid. Um, but we need to wrap it up. Luke, thank you so much uh, for joining me. It was a very fun episode, and uh hope all of you enjoyed it, and we will see you guys next to, no, Monday at 9 o'clock. Hey, Peace. thanks again for having me. Yeah, man. At least. Peace. Nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra-low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O.